So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in. Welcome to the show. It's your boy, Lewis. And it's your boy, Gibby. What's going on, guys? How you doing, Mr. Gibby? It's been a while. I know, man. It's been forever. How are you? Doing good. I'm doing very, very well. Um, so, since we've been gone, we uh, had a trip to Nashville. We did. What a, what a trip. People, let me tell you something, and let me tell you something right now. Nashville is one of the best cities in the world. That's a big fact. Bachelorette capital of the world. The place is just bumping. I recommend that city to every single person out there. Yeah. It's um, amazing. So my bachelor, I was originally planning to go to Montreal. I'm having second guesses. I might do Nashville. I'm not 100% sure yet. Yeah, yeah. Change some minds. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that city will do it to you. I didn't, even the first time I went, I didn't expect it to be that good. But man, this city is Unreal. I love it. Yeah, just a little uh, for those that do are inquiring to go to Nashville or thinking about it. If you're a country fan, it's fantastic. If you're not a country fan and you're not willing to go outside of your comfort zone, it's not for you. If you're willing to go outside your comfort zone, it's going to be a good time. I'm not yeah. a country. I'm not a, I don't like country music at all. Uh, once I Would got you- a couple drinks in me. I you was could, line you could dancing, find a couple, I was doing everything. You could find a couple places that are yeah. going to play a mixture of music, though. It won't be country all night, so it'll be a good mix. Like, we found a couple rooftops that were yeah. a good yeah. mix. We went skeet shooting. Yeah, I did <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I did better than I expected. I thought, yeah. I, I thought I wouldn't even hit one, but did pretty good. I was happy with it. But, um, yeah, overall, a great time. And all we walked away with, nobody got hurt, nobody got arrested, Nobody came back with any diseases. Yeah, we're good. All we walked away with was a bad review on Airbnb. Because, you know, the guys forgot to read the rules and (laughs) forgot to take the laundry out and keep the house clean. And, most important thing, forgot to leave a tip. Yeah. Yeah. You don't leave a tip for the cleaner, you're getting a bad review. But we survived. So, Gibby, we're at the point in the summer now, like, I think it's, it's a great point of the summer. Mm-hmm. It's football is back. Yeah, it starts tonight. And you already know that when football comes back, fantasy football is coming, and then hockey is just right around the corner. So this kind of, like, fills the void until hockey season starts. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to get the, uh, the training camp uh, preseason games going. Get to see the rookies. Get to see. Uh, get to scout your for your fantasy uh, sleeper picks. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. I mean, it, like I said, the sum, there's like that dead spot of the summer. We're past that now, so mm-hmm. that's a good thing. So football's back, and you have any plans for the rest of the summer? 
Uh, no, honestly, it's a lot of uh, batch. Again, it's like I can't uh, can't get over this. O- once October hits, I'm gonna be smooth sailing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and, and hockey, hockey starts and yeah. it's, it's that's it. Smooth sailing lines the rest up perfectly. Of the but yeah, bachelors, uh, stags. Yeah, we got my stag. Stuff. Actually, I have my stag. If if there's any listeners out there who are in the GTA area, message me on uh, the Twitter account, the Have a Listen Twitter account. If you want to come to our stag, come. We're gonna have some. Good giveaways. We got some signed jerseys, some tickets. We got all kind TV, sixty-five inch TV. There's all kinds of gifts, and I would love to have some of our fans there. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty it, cool. It's an all guys event. It's it's a stag. Um, so yeah, message me if any uh, anybody in the area wants to attend. For sure. So anyway, I mean, today we're gonna have uh, a guest, Rick, coming on, and we're gonna talk about Cole Caulfield. You know, he he had a pretty good showing at the tournament there. We're yeah. gonna talk about uh, Ben Sherratt. Uh, can he be a top pair defenseman? We're going to talk about Jonathan Drouin. We'll play a game of truth or doo-doo, Gibby. Mm-hmm. And I have another game that I'm going to sneak in there, and we'll do some tweets of, of the week. How does that sound, some tweets in the week? I hope you got a tweet of the week. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, f- so that's what we'll do. But you know what? Let's uh, get straight into some NHL news. So Chris Kunitz. Announced his retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four-time Stanley Cup winner. Good for him. Yeah, but, you know, Chris Kunitz is just another one of those guys who Sidney Crosby made look good. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of them along the way. He's he's a good, he's he's an okay player, but he he definitely, once he started playing with Sid the Kid, it was He should give half of his pension check to Sid the Kid. Yeah. That's that's what he should do. (laughs) He owes that much (laughs) to Sid, I think. But congrats to him, and uh, hopefully he enjoys his retirement. Let's give him some claps. Give him some claps. Okay. Um, Flames, they bought out Michael Stone. Yeah. Uh, don't remember the cap hit, but he had a pretty big cap hit. Yeah. Um, never panned out to what they thought he was going to be. Um, no relation to Mark Stone. <laughs> Yeah, no relation and not even close to the talent level of yeah. Mark Stone. Yeah, so uh, they clear some cap. Hopefully, they can lock up their RFAs. Yeah, that's for sure for Kachuk. They're slowly trying to shed some dead cap. For the yeah. Kachuk done, for sure. This one was funny. Kevin Shattenkirk was bought out mm-hmm. uh, by the Rangers. Which was expected, but yeah. Yeah, and he was actually very upset. He came out and said that he's pretty upset. That uh, he's pissed off, actually. He yeah. says that, that they bought him out. Or when he found out, they bought him out. But... um. Then he signs a one-year, $1.75 million contract with the Lightning. And he turned down more money to go somewhere else. Where was it? Oh, so I, I read the report today. C- carry on. Anyway, $1.175 contract with the Lightning. Yeah. What do you expect from him playing for the Lightning? I mean, the rich get richer, right? Yeah. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk is definitely had a huge fall off the cliff. I'd say he's fallen off. Uh, he was one of the top D men in the league a couple of years back. Um, and then last year and the couple, like a year or two ago, he just fell off the cliff. Um, it's a good deal. I mean, it's, it's a prove me deal and it's not a big cap hit. I'm kind of weirded out that the lightning would do that because I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, they are pretty tight against the cap right now. They have to sign guys like Braden Point. So I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of baffled that they would do something like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But I mean, I believe they did need D-men because I believe they did lose a couple D-men this uh off season. Um 
but yeah, I don't know, man. It's a good prove me deal. Hopefully, he can uh, solidify himself, and I'm he's probably going to be a bottom four pairing. I don't see him as a top guy, especially on yeah. the Lightning. Yeah, but and um, he's probably fits better that role. He'll, like he should thank Petrangelo for carrying him, <laughs> or every St. Louis Blue, because he was a stud on the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, but and the team that I was talking about was the Ducks. The Ducks offered him two years, over to four million dollars. Yeah, nobody wants to go there though. Yeah, it's not a good place to go. And I guess right now, Shattenkirk probably wants to win. And if you look at a team that's probably close, well, it's not even close. They're a lot closer than the Anaheim Ducks. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, Minnesota Wild, they're interviewing candidates uh, for the vacant GM position. <laughs> and they interviewed Don Waddell. You don't say. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Um, it's very weird that a, a, like a current GM in the league is taking interviews for a vacant GM position. Yeah. I find that kind of weird. Um, Don Waddell said something. He had a conversation with Dundon saying, oh, yeah, like I spoke about it with him, about the open position. He was all for it. Of course he's for it. Um, He's going to have to give Don Waddell a raise. Yeah, and, and we all know he Tom Dundon it likes to like to likes to hold his money to his pockets very tight. Yeah, so and, and uh, well, he did say that he's not going nowhere, so he expects to, I guess, compensate him enough to keep him around. It would look really bad if if he left. Yeah, you know, especially after this summer and all these rumors about Tom Dundon. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get into some Habs news. All right, so the Habs have inked Charles Houdon to a one-year, one-way contract with the Canadians worth $800,000. Yes. Yeah, you know, I'm shocked. Uh, I'm shocked that they signed him, one-way especially. But uh, I well, guess... No, he, okay, so again, with the, with the one-way thing, people are kind of iffy with the whole one-way thing. The one-way thing just means basically he will he's guaranteed $800,000 regardless if he's in the AHL or NHL. Yeah, no, I know. And obviously, either way, they, if he started with the club, he's going to have to clear waivers for sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just thought that I thought it was done for, for Houdon. I think that the French bias maybe c- kicks in a little bit here. They're giving him one more shot. I mean, he did show some potential, but, you know, there's been some other guys who, who have showed potential that may have not got the same opportunities. I'll say that. Um, so I think that that definitely comes into play here. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, listen, there, there's something, there could be something there with Charles Houdon. I don't believe it, though. I don't think it's true. I don't think he's going to make this team. Yeah. But um, they're giving him that one more chance, and we'll see what he can do. Bergevin said... We're going to give him another go, see if he makes out it, makes the team out of camp or whatever. We got to see, right? I mean, worst case scenario, we end up trading him for a sixth or a seventh. Try and get yeah, something or from him. Or you probably lose something. him on waivers or. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I or mean, he goes and plays in the AHL. It's unfortunate because he had a lot of potential. He showed promise in the AHL. But, yeah. Uh, Unfortunate. So the Habs also ink uh, Michael McCarron to a one-year two-way contract. The deal is going to pay McCarron seven hundred thousand at the NHL level and one hundred twenty-five thousand in the AHL. He'll have a guaranteed salary of one hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, that that kind of that's kind of weird, no? 
How does he have a guaranteed salary of 150, but he's going to be making 125? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> That's what it said. A lot of people are expecting Mike. It was McCarran a copy and paste. Surprise. I didn't write this myself. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, a lot of people are actually saying Mike McCarron might surprise people at camp and make the team. I'm not. I think Mike McCarron is a career, career age. Yeah. It's unfortunate. He has a big body stature. I, when he originally got drafted, I was hearing a lot of comparisons to Rick Nash. <laughs> um, More like, well, me and Blaine talked about it. He's like Milan Lucic. He was re- compared to Milan Lucic, but the problem is, is he's the Milan Lucic now, not <laughs> yeah. the one that came into the league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey, if he makes the team, he makes the team. Nothing. Uh, it's not a bad thing, I guess. Um, hey, hopefully uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll I see. don't see him. I, the, the thing is with him, he doesn't think the game fast enough. He's yeah. got a big body. Uh, he could probably, I don't know, maybe he could play on a third or fourth line, but he just doesn't think the game fast enough he's for the a, NHL. He's like a sloth. It's like a sloth. <laughs> Yeah, and like and, he and he's play. not a smart hockey player. Like you know how some players are like just Barry Kokaniemi. He's a smart centerman. He's a smart hockey positionally player. sound. Like Mike McCarron will go for the big hit instead of retrieving the puck. Like you know what I mean? Like he just doesn't make smart decisions. Who knows? Maybe he could uh, it's a long shot. Yeah, it's a see, real right? long shot. It's like the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's what I'm going to give <laughs> I'm going to put in the same category <laughs> as Michael McCarron making the team. Uh, so Andre Markov, he uh, has been c- cited in or seen, sorry, in Montreal, and he wants to play hockey for the Montreal Canadiens again. Yeah. What do you think? You yeah. get, you 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 want to give him that deal? I mean, this story just will apparently, never die. Apparently, uh, apparently, uh, there's rumors that he's asking for a one-year two mil. Yeah, I would. I think I'm more comfortable doing the PTO route. Yeah, I'd give him a PTO. See if he can crack the lineup. I mean, he is 40 years old, 41, whatever I believe. Um, it's he's he's old, and did you see? <laughs> I don't mean to like I love listen. I love Andre. I loved Andre. Well, I still love Andre Markov. He's obviously a future Hall of Famer in my eyes. Um, <laughs> did you see the video that Sergey Berezin posted trying to hype him up? No, I didn't. No, come on. Is it good? It's not. He looks slow. He his hands. Like it's just I got I'll show you the video later, man. But like it's not a hype video. It's like, not. If you if you want to try and hype a player like to do good things and like he just he he looks like a like, his skating is still smooth, but you can see that he's slower. Like yeah, a, yeah. legitimately, like evidently slower. Listen, I like I said, I it's nice. It's a nice story. People, I know they want this to have the fairy tale ending with Markov and the Habs. I'm cool with giving him a PTO and see if he can earn a spot on the team. But, yeah, I'm not – like, we can't just give him a contract. I, I just don't think it's fair to the younger guys on the team. Yeah. they got to have all the opportunities. And we tried this already with Mark Streit. Didn't work. Oh, it failed. You failed know, miserably. it failed. So maybe Mark has kind of learned from his mistakes. I'm cool with the PTO. We did it with Joel Ward last year. See what he's got, right? He didn't make the team. Right? Maybe Markov – it's too prideful. I, I even said on the last podcast that I don't think he would take a PTO. He probably wants a contract. He probably thinks that Montreal owes him that much mm-hmm. because of all the time he put in here. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm um, saying a PTO as well. Um, so they have second-round pick 
Alexander Romanov spent some time in Montreal, and he uh, had like a little interview, answered some questions. I got the uh, the interview here up. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you do? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's good preparation. Um. So, <laughs> preparation H. So. Uh, <laughs> so the first question is: How is English? Did not tar- did not start to think learning French. Uh, he answered, "I should at least learn English perfectly. I have a good one. I understand people well. I can say something." <laughs> I um, have a good one. Yeah. Uh, and then they asked, is, Montre- is it Montreal, is it expensive in Montreal? His answer is straight, expensive. Uh, more expensive than Moscow? Uh, probably about the same. Products in Montreal are quite expensive. Sports things in, are cheaper than in Russia, and branded ones are more expensive. Um, Romanov was then asked, what were you doing there? A couple weeks, I was engaged with a coach, Titan skating, uh, physics, physics well the city looked good okay uh and then they asked are you translation remember right yeah (laughs) are you comfortable there uh of course it's uncomfortable so far i like moscow because it is my hometown even in other russian cities i don't feel comfortable talking about another country this was a good one i like this one in the summer you were in montreal they say that in the canadians in the canadians russophobia so for those that are not aware, apparently uh, the Canadians are racist or what's the other word? Uh, prejudice against the Russians. Allegedly. Um, so apparently they threw, they threw you tomatoes when they found out that you were Russian. In general, there is no rush. This is Romanov's response. In general, there is no Russophobia, nothing of the sort. They treated me very warmly, but to the Russians as a whole, um, the fact that I, ki- I think... So is completely stupid. Uh, they recognized me on the streets, took pictures with me. There is no, neither racism nor Russophobia. Was this a Russian interview? Yeah, it was a Russian interview. Okay. So that's why it was kind of <laughs> That's kind of was yeah. like broken down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so there you have it. Straight from Romanov's mouth, we have breaking news that there is no Russophobia in the Canadians dressing room or in the organization or in the city of Montreal. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Montreal, there are eight weeks left until opening day where the Habs play their arch nemesis, Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, man. Sebastian Ajo. One of the greatest players to ever play for the Montreal Canadiens. Let's go. Get ready to hear that, Carolina. Yeah. Even well, though we're on the road. <laughs> it's, a, in a, it's an away game, but yeah. Hey, we did Carolina a favor and we let them wear their jerseys, right? The, the white jerseys at our home or whatever. Or the, or the yeah, colored jerseys. Like so they're going to let us play our goal song when we Fair start. Fair enough. All right. So uh, let's take a quick break <laughs> here. And then uh, when we get back, uh, we're going to talk to Rick, our buddy Rick. <laughs> and uh, not to, Okay. Not to be confused with um, Rick. Stevens, we love Rick Stevens not the from boss. All Habs. Not the boss, not the man, the founder, the myth, the legend. It is another Rick, a yeah. Rick that Lewis will explain. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring him on after, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good uh, talk, so uh, stay with us. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. I paid my dues, time after time. All right, now we have Rick Seligman, a video creator focusing on the Habs and all things hockey. You can find him at Talking Habs on YouTube. Rick, how you doing today? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Great. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Now that hockey is almost here, yeah. it, it, the days are getting better. You know, as, the, as we inch closer, I, I'm, I'm starting to feel more and more uh, euphoric. Yeah, once, uh, once August rolled around, it was like, oh, the caps are soon. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> getting excited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Can't be soon enough. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we, we're happy to have you on. And, uh, of course, now I'm not going to oh, waste happy any... happy to be here. Yeah, and let, we're not going to waste any time. Let's, let's talk yeah, let's straight ahead. let's just get ahead. right into it. Let's get... Let's start okay. with... Let's start with the most interesting man in the world right now for Habs fans. We'll talk about <laughs> Mr. Cole Caulfield. This kid continues to show off his pinpoint accurate shot. I mean, this kid is really good. Do you... Is this the most excited you've been for a, a Habs prospect? Who's going first? Me? Yeah, you could you could start, Rick. Okay, so for me, it's the yes and no, and I'll tell you why I say that. Uh, last season, when they, when they drafted KK, I don't know if that I was overly excited about it because I was a Brady Kachuk guy, and then he he made the team and started to get excited, and with uh, Ryan Paling, a lot of excitement, Nick Suzuki, like a lot of excitement, especially me as a video uh, creator. I got so many hits from the with the Suzuki and the Paling videos and the KK videos. But then they drafted Cole Caulfield, and there's something different about him as far as his shot level. The the, the elite level of his shot makes him a little different at his age. In two years, like Suzuki and Paling have had, can you imagine what this kid's going to be like? So, yeah, I'm a little more excited with Caulfield. Yeah, I, I agree, honestly. I haven't been this excited for a prospect since Alex Galchenyuk, actually. When, <laughs> when Galchenyuk first got drafted, all the hype around him, the dynamic True. player, 
Um, is now, that a good thing, though? <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm saying, I'm saying when we first drafted him. So now, again, two different players and hopefully two different outcomes because for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, but I've really got a good feeling about this kid. Like, his shot is fantastic. He's a natural goal scorer. He's, we haven't had a pure goal scorer in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, yes. I'm very excited to have him. And to think that he dropped to 15 is, is unheard of. It's, it's, it's literally a match made in heaven for, for Habs. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I mean, okay, listen. Yeah, this kid, this kid's got a great shot. Yeah. He's got a great shot. He's a really, he's a really smart player. He's fast. I, not as fast as I would, you would think for like a really small guy. I thought he would be like a, he's not like a speedster. He does have really right. good speed, but he's not like meet meet Paul Byron kind of, you know, yeah. fast. But right. um, yeah, I, I'll kind of say that, yes, I'm very excited. But unlike some Hab fans, I guess PTSD kicks in. Yeah. You have Alex Galchenyuk. When Alex Galchenyuk was in junior, okay, he too had, uh, well, first he had a really good junior career until he got injured. And then even when he was like with the, the U.S. program, the under-20 U.S. program, he had eight points in seven games at that one tournament, at the under-20 tournament. Michael McCarron, another guy who, who we drafted uh, from the American program, same thing, a lot of hype. F- he had five points in seven games at the under-18 tournament. A lot, mm-hmm. Like, you see these kids shine at these tournaments, and you get excited. They're first-round picks. Um, right. But you still got to be a little cautious. But I'm, I'm, you know what? It does feel different, though, with this kid, just like what Rick alluded to, his shot. This kid, like yeah. where this guy can, can put the puck, like I haven't seen, like I don't see a lot of people put the puck where he can put the puck, like it's and it's the absurd. goal against Ravel, yeah, and you know what, like uh, the the goalie was definitely he played that wrong, but what what makes me so excited is a pure goal scorer is gonna make is gonna make you pay for your mistakes, that's and right. that's exactly what he did. He snuck it in such a tight little little hole and okay. <laughs> the rest is how history it was beautiful can make that shot? how many shooters can make that shot though it's not too many no 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 it, that's what i mean it's just pinpoint accurate so this is definitely this is definitely the the one thing that separates him from the other draft picks but it's one thing doing it at this level can you bring it to the next level right. can you open up can you find enough space at the next level Either way, I think this kid's going to be amazing on the power play. But that's, I, that's I, a given. Yeah, I think that's a given, yeah. I tell you something about him, whether he'll be successful. I, he's always been small. Everywhere he's played, he's found a way to score. He's found a way to make the room. I, I think given enough time, that's why you can't rush him this season, but given enough time, year, maybe two, even if it's three, he'll find the way to make the jump and to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that call and I like the college route because they build these kids well. Like they build them strong. Yes. So so yeah. That, yeah. that he's got that going for him. Um so moving on, let's let's say like which young star in the league, if you had to compare him to somebody, which young star in the league would you compare him to? Rick? Oh, I, I guess I'm gonna go with the obvious because I can't think of anybody else that has that size. That the, the short stature, Alex DeBrinket from Chicago, um, he's the natural guy you'd think of. 
Um, I don't think anybody shoots like Caulfield, though. I, I can't think of anybody in the league that shoots like him. So I got to go with Alex Dabrinkit. Um, I, I don't have more to say on that. Just basically because of his size, uh, mm -hmm. he was what last year was Dabrinkit, or he's been in the league two years. I'm not positive. Uh, I think it's his uh, second, second year. Second year. Yeah. He's gonna he's going into his yeah. third year now. Um, I think I think that's the closest because nobody that I've seen shoots like like Caulfield does right now. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I actually I I found. In stature, he is a little bit taller than him. I believe he's around 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, um, I have two guys. Uh, so a young star that I found was Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Hockey. Oh, yeah. Johnny Hockey. Yeah. Um, both are small young stars who have the natural goal-scoring touch. Uh, Goudreau has solidified himself as a goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, right now, he's averaging about 25, 30 goals since he's uh, been in the league in 2000, since 2013. And then another guy who isn't exactly a young star, but again, a shorter statured guy. He's 5'10. Um, Patty Kane. Patrick Kane. Yeah, I thought about Patty Kane. Too. Um, the natural sniper. Uh, he, he just, it's, true. it screams Patrick Kane for Caulfield. I, and I, I honestly, I hope, I hope he can become Patty Kane because let's be realistic, Patrick Kane is fantastic. I, I think, though, the, the handles on Kane are. He has better best, hands yeah. for sure. Um, but the sniping ability, Kane's got a great shot. Like so. Ca Caulfield doesn't have the greatest hands. Like he's not all hands, but he, he when he when he when he wants to, he could use his hands. But that's not his like asset. He's like a pure shooter. I agree with you. Actually, I went with Johnny Goudreau too. I think that you know they're both small players who can score. Um, and I think an underrated part of Caulfield's game is his passing. Johnny Goudreau is a great yeah. passer, right? And, and the thing is, too, with, with Caulfield is I think he's able to get some, some open passing lanes due to how lethal his shot is, right? Especially yeah. on the power play. Like, he's, he's able to get, like, the defenders know what this kid's trying to do. So right. they kind of cheat a little to try and take away the shot, and it opens up some good passing lanes for him. I think that that's something that him and Goudreau kind of have in common. But, yeah, I still think, like, obviously he's, he hasn't done it at the next level yet, so I can't say that... I haven't seen a shot like his, but yeah, like at this level, I haven't seen a guy who can really put the put. And it just shows. I mean, the guy scored the most in the U.S. program. He he beat the record, right? I mean, that doesn't just happen. Goals. That doesn't happen out of luck. And you can see that. You could see why the kid the kid knows how to put the puck in the net. Yeah, now let let's sorry. I I I just just to add. You were talking about uh, him in the U.S. Uh, development in this. I hate the narrative. I'm sick and tired of the narrative of saying, of everybody saying, oh, he's only putting up these numbers because of Jack Hughes. No. Oh, no. Right. It, you, need, you need to be able to put the puck in the net. Exactly. All of his goals. That's right. He scored 72 goals. There's no way in hell That's that right. you are scoring 72 tap-ins from Jack Hughes' stick. There's, no, no, there's no. just no way. He's, he's a no. good player. Did, did Jack Hughes assist him in... in maybe projecting his numbers a little bit higher. Of course. Of course. But I still think that he has the ability to be a consistent 30 to 35 goal scorer for the Habs. Yeah, I think, I think oh, he could be a 30 goal scorer. Yeah, I think even 40 goals. Oh. I'm being modest. I'm hoping 40, of course. All right, okay. Now oh, let's, no, I, I think 40 goals. Let's end here. So what do we think? Like, let's set some expectations here. What do you think would be a successful season for him at Wisconsin, Rick? What do you think? Uh, well, I think they play, what, 34 games there. 
Yeah. So I kind of I I think there he's going to get forty to forty five goals. Okay. And, and maybe go along with twenty assists, so like sixty five points, sixty sixty five points, about forty goals. I think so. Okay. Oh, wow. That's good. So yeah. What but what would be a disappointment for you? Like, what do you think would be a fail if he doesn't reach? What what amount of points do you think would be considered a fail? If he less. Gets? Less than a goal a game, under 50 points. Not only fail, but I think I'd be disappointed to see that. Okay. What about you, Gibby? So I'm, I'm more on the point per game, Mark. I'd like to see him score 34, like th- probably around the 40 goal. Sorry, let me reset. I'm hoping that he's a point per game. Um, so like Rick uh, said... 34 games in the season. Um, so I'm hoping he can hover around the 50 point mark. I'm hoping for goals. I'm hoping between 20 to 25. Um, so he'd finish with, I don't know, I'm, my math is off. He'd finish with, if he finishes with 50 points, probably 20 goals, 25 assists, 25 goals, 25 assists, whatever. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping he's around that mark. Yeah. Well, Goudreau put up 80 points in 40 games in his last season in Boston College. Wow. So if that's the comparison that we're going to make, wow. um, that, would be, right. that would be quite amazing. But I think, you know, I won't go that high. I think that 50-plus points will be efficient, and I think it'll keep expectations high for this kid. But, um, yeah, of course, I'd like to see him get maybe 60, 70 points. I mean, the more the merrier. Yeah. But I think as long as he, he hits 50-plus, I think, I think that's good enough for me. Yeah, I, I don't have him as high in points because I don't think he gets, like you, you're saying, 25 goals, 25 assists. I don't think he gets even numbers that way. I think he produces more goals than he gets assists. That's why I'm looking at about 65. But I think he gets 40 goals there. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to keep an eye on it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's, definitely. let's move on. Let's go to the big club now. Ben Sherratt. Mm. Now, Ben Sherratt was one of Mark Bergevin's big off-season signings. This guy played pretty well alongside Dustin Bufflin on the first pairing in Winnipeg. What do you guys think? Do you, do you think that this guy can be a top-pair defenseman alongside Shea Weber? What do you think, Rick? Well, I don't think it's ideal if he does. So, like, I, I, I don't think it's the best spot for him. I like the way Mete played last year, and I think Mete is going to be a little better. I, I don't see why Mete wouldn't be there. So, I don't think he needs to. I think he should be playing first with Petrie. Um, and I think if they were playing him there, I don't think that's the best he won't bring the best value in that spot. I don't think he's a number two defenseman. So I think his best spot is as, um, as the number, uh, number four guy where he can, he's, he's got to, he's going to bring uh, that toughness, uh, protecting the crease, uh, maybe taking some penalties, um, fighting a little bit. So I don't know if that's the best spot for him playing with Weber. What about you, Gibby? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't want him to be a top pairing guy. Um, Mark Bergevin either has to get a top two left-handed D-man or you stick with Mete. You let him continue his strides in his development. Um, let's be realistic. Sherratt is not a top two D-man. He's a bottom four guy, not a top guy in my eyes. Um, I'd like to have him play with, with Jolson 
perhaps, or even if Juleson Folan depends who ends up making the team uh, or who ends up making that last spot. Um, because simply because I really liked the way Kulak and Petrie played um, together. Yeah, I, too. I felt like they were a very successful pairing. Um, a lot of the stats that I was looking at uh, when they exit the zone, the success rate of exiting the zone was very high. So I don't want to split that up at all. So for the time being, what I look at is if you don't get that second, uh, the top two D-man, you have Mete Weber, Kulak, Petrie, and then you have um, Sherratt, Jolson slash Folan, depends whichever guy cracks the lineup there. Which, in my eyes, it's not ideal, but I do really, I really do like RD for now. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with that, too. I do agree with that. I think that, I don't think he's the first pair defenseman. I think that he could step up if there's injuries. Yes, he could do that. Yeah. I think that on right. the penalty kill, you, you might see him alongside Weber. Um, maybe late in games, protecting leads, maybe. Um, maybe, if the right. game, maybe if the game gets out of hand and we're, like, we're down, maybe you just throw him out there. You know, especially if it's like a slower, more physical game. Because some teams I saw last year, a lot of teams last year, used to do that dump and they used to get behind our little guys and kind of just grind us out. Maybe you'll right. see. Maybe you'll see the coach play them two together, and those type of games when you're playing some West Coast teams. I could see that happening. Um, but to tell you the truth, I, I would prefer him to be a mainstay on the second pair with Petrie. I think that's where we got to start him. I think that like right. our defense yeah. is kind of set up where you have. The, the one stay-at-home guy and the one guy who can kind of create right. offense. You yeah. have one mobile guy paired up with a more stay-at-home guy. And, and right. that's pretty much on every pair. So I, I'd like to give that a shot. And if it doesn't work with Petrie, then, yes, bring him down to the third pair with Folan or with um, Jolson. And keep Kulak with um, Petrie. And don't forget, we have Mike Riley, too, in the mix here. That's somebody that everybody still kind of forgets about. He's a guy that, when he's at his best, can looks like a good defenseman. If he can find his consistency, maybe this guy can push somebody out of the lineup, right? A yeah. guy, maybe a guy like know. Kulak is not 100% safe in my eyes. I like Kulak, though. I think he's going to be better this year. And Riley, Riley, I think, is a guy that, you know, a guy gets injured, you, you can feel comfortable bringing him in for a few games, you, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah that, no, I agree with you. As as it's as it, if it starts now, we know who's gonna be the guy. But I'm not putting it past a guy like Mike Riley to outplay somebody and get a shot. Yeah, he might come to camp hungry, right? You never know, right? And I, there's true. potential in him. He's still young enough to to make another step. You do you did see potential yeah. in him. He he did kind of get a little taste. Of, of playing in the NHL, and then they took him right out again. Yeah. So maybe that, that left a bad taste in his mouth. That's a guy that could step up. But, yeah, I think overall here, I, I definitely, like, and there was times last year where the co- and I think the coach is going to do this again, 100%, veterans-type coach, where Ben played with Weber, and it was terrible, mm-hmm. right? Jordy Ben played with Shea Weber. It was just a, a slow... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Pairing was terrible. And I can see the coach, especially in certain games where some of the young guys make some mistakes or we're not playing well, I could see the coach pairing up Ben Chirot 
with Weber and those types of games, putting the two more experienced veteran guys who, who, who have the harder minutes on them together. I can see that happening. I don't agree with it, but believe me, Habs fans, I really think that there's going to be a lot of angry Habs fans this year because I can see it happening. And I think that's why this topic is, is wide. Like, it's talked about a lot. Yeah, a lot of people it, are talking about Ben Chirot and the possibility yeah. of him being on the first pair. You know what I mean? And th- I think that stems back to a couple off-seasons ago where, where Mark Bergevin in an interview with TSN 690 said that, oh, Jordy Ben could play with Shea Weber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or like other – or, or uh, who was the guy? Who was the guy uh, – David Schlemko. Oh, my God. Oh, God. No. David Schlemko. He was the guy. Where, oh, yeah. when David Schlemko comes back, he's the guy we're going to pencil in beside Weber. That was brutal. So, again, PTSD. Just think how much better our, think how much better our defense is doing than those things. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know. I, I definitely think that it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that Sherratt will play with Weber at some point this season, but I don't think it's the right decision. Right. And hopefully – I think I hope for our sake and for the team's sake that Petrie and Sherratt gel. Yeah, yeah, make me a too. Great I pair. That. Now I think so. Yeah, what was that? Go on. Oh no, I was just saying I think so. I I was I don't know if it was one of the commenters and one of one of my subscribers was telling me how um, Petrie he likes to uh, take chances and he the guy doesn't feel comfortable that Sherratt can cover up or, you know, play that kind of role or his quick decision-making and that Sherratt, I guess, can, can go along with that. But yeah. I don't agree. I think, I think they will gel. I think they're kind of made for each other. Yeah, and actually people made the comparison. Like Dustin Bufflin, I know the size is a lot different, but they're actually similar type players, him and Jeff Petrie. The way they, they pinch, the way they play offensively. They're, obviously right. the stature is different, but they do play the game in a similar way. So I think I think it's it, it's a match made in heaven. I think it would be good. Um, there's a lot of people, believe it or not, that don't like Jeff Petrie. There's a lot of people who who think that because they're crazy. not that good. Wow. But Jeff Petrie for a second pair defenseman, I think oh is God, great. Yeah. I think so too. Okay, I agree with that. let's move on here now. Okay, so another guy who there's I don't know what the ex I don't know what the bar of expectations is for this guy. <laughs> Right? I don't know what the bar of expectations is for this guy. Jonathan Drouin. Yeah. You know, how important is this guy to the success of this team? Rick? Well, I'll say this. It, it should be very important. This is a guy that has a ton of talent. Yeah. Uh, he should be leading the team in points, if you ask me. He leads the team in power play points, and he doesn't even really try hard. So it should be that he's, if not the most important player, one of the top three. And yet with, with his compete level and his effort, I mean, I don't think he's that important in the long run down the road. I don't think he's going to be around. I just, I don't think he's there. Yeah, it's starting to feel like that. What do you think, Gibby? Um, honestly, I think Jonathan Duran is a very important player this upcoming season. Um, I feel like... We need him to elevate that game and show his di- why we why we got him. That, oh, I agree, that yeah. dynamic play that he uh, ever since he, that one play in Tampa where he literally cycled the whole puck by himself and just that oh, yeah. overall effort that he scored in Tampa that 
Jonathan Drouin just sticks in my mind, and I'm waiting to see that Jonathan Drouin because if we can get that kind of Jonathan Drouin from on a consistent basis, I mean, we're just we got guys like Peach, uh, sorry, Drouin, Domi, Kotkaniemi, all those guys, and with him elevating his game, I just feel like that'll take us to the next level with a healthy Weber for the full season. I feel like we would make playoffs if John. That is the, the X factor for me right now is Jonathan Drouin. I think Jonathan Drouin, I'm going to have a hot take here. Jonathan Drouin is going to lead the team in points this year. Whoa. And he's also going to score 30 goals. That's my take, and it's going to help the power play out a lot. We're going to finish top 15 in power play uh, percentage. That's my hot take. I think Jonathan Drouin is a pivotal piece that needs to turn it around. Okay, oh, I say this? Yeah, go ahead. Doesn't this, we were talking about Galchenyuk earlier, doesn't this ring with Galchenyuk at all? Yeah. How There's definitely we waited every there. year, and I love Galchenyuk, and I was, I, I, my best friend, we talk about it, and he's like, you know, Galchenyuk, no, he's going to have a great year next year. Oh, no, he's going to have, it's going to be the year he's going to play center, and it never happened, and I'm afraid of that with Drouin. Again, again, the, the theme is PTSD. Half fans <laughs> have PTSD. Yeah, but we give do. Me, how many points is Jonathan Drouin going to have? Uh, how many did I say? Or what, he I, said did, he's I gonna, just said 30 goals, but I said he's going to lead the team. Goals. He's going to lead the team? Yeah, that's a hot take, by the way. It's a hot take. Yeah. That's a hot take. Yeah, it's a hot take. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I hope. I would hope. Yeah. I mean, we got we to gotta wait and see, obviously, right? That's <laughs> that a, obviously, a it's take. a big hot take, but... I, 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 Gibby's, uh, Gibby loves his hot takes. I like hot, b- easy bake ovens, so <laughs> yeah, make, some bake. Good, <laughs> make some good cupcakes. Okay, so listen, this guy's very important to this team. We need his production. We yeah. need him to be that power play performer that he was in the past. That's what we need yes. from him. He reminds me of Alex Kovalev, except he can't score on the power play. Yeah, <laughs> right? right. But right. You know, if he could find, if, but at least Alex Kovalev had that nice lethal shot on the power play. But he is an Alex Kovalev style of player where sometimes he shows up and he's great, but then sometimes he, he looks lazy and he looks just, he doesn't work hard enough. Right, but at least Kovalev could produce eighty points. That's yeah. right. like that. That's Drew right. Drouin hasn't. Well. That's right, and he did. Like you know what? This is what happened with Drouin last year. Like the beginning of the season, he was he was on pace. He was doing okay. Yeah. It, it's when it, yeah. the games mattered when we needed him to be good down the stretch. Yeah. He was bad. Yeah. So that's what yeah. puts. That's what taints his his decent season. Because numbers wise, if you look at the numbers, he he wasn't that bad. No. Like Rick said, nope. you know, he was he, he produced the most points on the power play. He wasn't that bad. But it's down the stretch where we needed him the most, where your big players are supposed to step up for you. He right. disappeared. He disappeared for us. So that's, I think, if he can find a way to, to turn it up down the stretch this time, we'd be talking. If, if he found a way to do that last year, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be talking In about the playoffs. This. Be in the playoffs. We We'd be made the in, playoffs. Exactly. We probably would be in the playoffs. So I know yeah. Rick already kind of touched on this. Do you believe that he's going to be a part of the Habs' future, or would you consider trading him? Okay, if I'm up first, I would consider trading him, but I don't think they are. I really I don't think they are. And um, he's 
if you're keeping him, okay, let me put it this way. His trade value right now, I think is at its highest. If he has a bad season next year and he has the same kind of thing, lackluster, whatever, his trade value goes down. Your return is going to be a lot lower. So would I consider trading him? Yeah. As long as though you're getting back value, if you're trading him for a bag of pucks, no, of course not. Of course. But I think well, his if, trade value what is if the highest trade. Right what now. if they're signed pucks by like Sidney Crosby or something? Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a difference. <laughs> but you, you know, his trade value, his trade value might go up next year. If he has the year, you know, that he's leading the, the team. Yes. But is he going to, is this Galchenyuk over again? I don't know. I'm afraid of that. That's, that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This very moment, I think he is a part of the immediate future. I'm um, not sure about the long-term future. And when I'm saying long-term, right. I'm saying five years. Um, so obviously we, oh, he I'm has... saying trade deadline next year. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. That's short leash. Um, so we've got another hot take. Hot take. <laughs> so, um, he has four years left on his contract. I think if he plays decent, he'll play out the end of his contract with the Habs, depending on how he does, obviously, over the next four years. Um, I think if he does well, he'll get re-signed. Um, but as of right now, I have Drouin slotted into a middle six role in two to three years. Yeah. Because obviously with the likes of Caulfield, Suzuki, Yolonen, Paling, Kotkaniemi, yeah. all those guys taking big strides over the next two, three years, I see Drouin slowly falling down the lineup. So yeah. it depends on in the fourth year of uh, Drouin's, his, 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 uh, his, uh, his end of his contract, his la- end of his contract. Thank you. Last year. <laughs> the last year of his contract. I, th- it depends on how Montreal's doing. Um, he could very well be a rental player if Montreal isn't doing well. Um, but if not, we, uh, we'll see, I guess. Montreal, I mean, man, they've been, we've been trying so hard for the next French star, man. We really have. like yeah, We tried to true. bring Daniel Briere in <laughs> at the end of his career. Oh, that gosh. was a mess. <laughs> Pierre Parenteau. He was actually not too bad. He wasn't too bad. But, you know, we brought, we always trying to bring in this next guy. And, and when we made Guillaume this trade. Tendres. Yeah, oh get, my God. drafting him. I mean, yeah, he had some promise, too. I mean. I'm sorry. And, you know, one thing. <laughs> One thing I'll tell you, though, the, the difference between... Because I know you, Rick is making that comparison of, of Galchenyuk and, and Drouin. One thing I'll tell you is they, they are definitely handling Drouin a lot different than they handled Galchenyuk. But with the leash, they're giving him a long leash. They're letting him work through his yes. mistakes where Galchenyuk didn't have that, those opportunities. So, I, for, so that's the big difference. Like, we literally, like... First of all, Galchenyuk has a lot of off-ice issues. I don't think Drewen has those things. He does have a, a little bit of an attitude problem where he gets frustrated easily and he kind of gives up on things. Uh, that's what I find from him. But I don't think he has, like, drug issues or anything like, you know, off-ice issues like Galchenyuk. And, I mean, hey, there's not proof of that, but, I mean, there is proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll just say that. Um, but, yeah, that's the difference, I think, between the two. They're, they're giving him a longer leash. I think that the kid is working hard in practice. He, he shows the skill. Galchenyuk's confidence got shot, like, big time. They, like, he just didn't get the opportunities. So that's a difference here. But I, I agree with you kind of touched on it too, Gibby. Like, I do think that 
there is a lot of guys like Drewen in our pipeline right now, or guys who could could be like him, like Suzuki's yeah. and, and Caulfield's, guys like that. So, I mean, this is a very important season, I think, f- for Jonathan Drewen. Like, if he doesn't have a good season, and if he doesn't prove that he wants to work hard and, and be, because this right. team is going down a path of young, hardworking, speed team. He doesn't fit right. that mold right now. You know, he not yeah. the hardworking part, no. The hard work and like the two way, like we got a lot of good two way players. You, you got a lot of guys, right? Like, even Domi, okay, wasn't the best defensively, but near the end he got better, and he 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 shows his effort level and his work ethic every night. And it, I seen his right. defensive game take a huge leap throughout the season. You see the improvement. Yes. Where Jonathan Drouin was the opposite. It went downhill. Oh God, yeah. You know, it's and, horrible and it just seems like Domi's been the type of player where when he plays with people, he makes them better. When Gallagher plays with people, he makes right. them better. Where Drew N needs right. players to kind of pick him up and, and create right. the opportunities for him, and then he'll take them. You know, and, yeah, and, that's a good way, good, good way to look at it. So I do, I don't think that he's I, okay. I'm not going to say I don't think he's a part of the future. I'll, I'll say this: I don't think if he has a bad season this year, I don't think he's a part of the future. That's what I'll say. Yeah, this is probably right. his, his pivotal year. This is a big season for him. Okay. Have any of you guys seen the – one last thing, if you don't mind. Have anybody seen the, the movie Goon? Yeah, of oh, course. Yeah, I love it. I've seen both. Doesn't he <laughs> remind you of the uh, his roommate there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He does. Yeah, he does, right? He even looks a little like him. All, all, the, talent, bit, yeah, the, all the talent in the world, but, like, kind of give up and bad attitude. That That's him, yeah. Good. Good yeah. comparison there, Rick. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to give Rick a couple yeah, claps. Yeah, I just there. watched those for the, I watched them recently for the first time. That's as fresh in my mind. There's a couple of claps. There. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, guys. So now you know what time it is. What time? Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, <laughs> Lewis Lewington. <laughs> and I'm bringing you to another edition of. Truth or duty? <laughs> Brain fart there or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say gotta my, ha- my gotta, first one. Got a habit or, tr- or got a habit or trash it, but it's truth or do do. Yeah. Rick's first edition of truth or do do. So it's pretty simple, guys. I'm gonna give you a statement. You tell me if it's truth or do do. Pretty simple, and give me a little explanation why you don't gotta go on forever. Just give me a small that you know. Kind of explanation. Explanation right. as to why you think. Okay, so the first one. We'll start with Gibby. Gibby, Noah Jolson will play in the AHL to start the season. Truth or doo-doo? Uh, truth. I'm going to say truth for now. Simply because with the eye injury, you want to get him back into the speed of things. You don't want to throw him out to the dogs right away. Um, I'm saying he plays in the AHL for 10 to 15 games, and he'll uh, he'll end up coming back to the big club after that little conditioning stint. Okay, Rick, Noah Jolson will play in the AHL to start the season. Truth or doo-doo? Um, I, I think that's going to be the truth as well because I've been saying in my videos when, when I talk about this that he's fully healed from the eye injury, but we don't really know how he's going to play. Yeah. So I think it would be a good idea that he gets his start in the AHL and just to make sure that everything's functioning right. Okay, okay, fair enough. Now, next one, Gibby. Mike Riley, at his best, is better than Victor Mete. Is that truth or doo-doo? 
Doo doo. Big doo doo. Um, <laughs> the only difference between Mike Riley and Victor Mete is Mike Riley has goals. That's about it. Um, I think Victor Mete is a very good skater. He's a he sees the oh. game very well. The only thing that you obviously isn't going for him is he lacks size, but he makes up for it with his stick. He's actually very good with his stick and breaking up plays. Um, and obviously he hasn't scored. It's unfortunate. I, I made a hot take. I said he'd finish with zero goals, a thousand assists for his career. I'm sticking <laughs> by it. <laughs> All right. Rick, Mike Riley at his I best mean, is better than Victor Mete. Uh, no, that's definite doo-doo. Definite doo-doo. Mm. No, Mete, I really like Mete. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope we don't include him in some kind of a trade. I, this, guy, this guy can really skate. I'm hearing someone's song. Yeah. This guy can really skate. I mean, this guy's wheels are amazing. He could be caught up at the back of the the net, the opposing net, and and make it back to make the defending play. So, uh, yeah, oh, big doo doo. <laughs> okay, next one here, Jason Palmanville. Gibby, I'll start with you again. Jason Palmanville could make the Habs better. Truth or doo doo? Doo doo. Uh, he's past his prime. He was always a, a Habs killer, though. Always seem to elevate his game against us. Um, I don't want him. If you give him a PTO, you give him a PTO. Try and make him earn a spot. But I just I don't see him slotting in anywhere. So that's a big duty for me. Okay, and Rick, uh, I'm gonna go with truth. But like this, give him the PTO. If he proves himself, I think he could possibly be the kind of guy that could fill in that one season to make up for Shaw. Okay, a little bit of his uh, offense and stuff. So I think maybe it's the truth. Okay. All right. Now let's start with you with this one, Rick. If the young center prospects work out for the Habs, Phil Deneau is expendable as early as this season. Is that truth or doo-doo? That's a tough one. I've tried to make lineup projections and it's a tough one. I'm going to say doo-doo because I like Deneau a lot. I think it's too early to give up a guy that has shown... Uh, the, the two-way ability he's got. He's a selfie trophy, almost finalist. Um, yeah, too early, uh, doo-doo. Okay. And what about you, Mr. Gibbons? That's, uh, that's, that's straight doo-doo for me. Um, I love Phil Deneau. I think he's fantastic. Great player. Uh, again, you said he was a, almost a selfie finalist. He's a great center player. He's still kind of young. He's 26 years old. Um, I, I, I just I don't see them trading him at all. Uh, I feel like he's a very valuable guy to have in the lineup. And honestly, I see him slotting in in the third pairing uh, down the road once all the, the yeah, young prospects end up coming in. And I don't think his cap hit is very, bit, is very high right now. So I have no problem with him. I don't see why we would do that. Okay, okay, fair. Um, Rick, again, we'll start with you. Habs are better today than last April. Is that truth or doo-doo? Yeah, I think they are. I, I like the moves uh, that have been made so far, and I've been talking about this again. I think a lot of people forget how young this team is. you got most of the players are either like in their prime, just coming into their prime, or almost in their prime. And those guys, they get better every year usually, especially if you have good players. And I think that's what's going to happen here. So I think, yeah, we're better just right there. Sherratt makes you better. Kincaid makes you a little better. So, yeah. Okay. It's uh, truth. It's truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gibby. 
Habs are better today than last April. This one is a tough one for me. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of truth, a little bit of doo-doo, simply because of the fact that um, on paper, yes, they are better, but you never judge off of paper. You always have to see... <laughs> Recycle what, your paper. You always have to see what the product <laughs> is going to be on the ice. So That goes along with the doo-doo, the paper and the doo-doo. Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> uh, so on paper, I'm going to say, yes, we are better. Uh, but I'm not, uh, not going to say we are better than, than last season simply because we don't see the product right now. Okay, okay, fair True. enough. And we'll end with this yeah. one. Rick, we'll start with you here too. Andre Markov is better than everybody on the left side of the Habs defense. Is that truth or doo-doo? Uh, maybe when he was younger. No, that's doo-doo. Um, I, like, again, Mark, Markov, like, uh, I'd like to see him end his career here, but like on a PTO, sign him for one game. But no, I don't think, I don't think he's the answer. And um, yeah, no, doo-doo. Yeah, that's that's a big fat lard of doo doo. That's that's big doo doo. Um, that's that's it's unfortunate. That's a Wednesday doo doo after Taco Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, I just I don't see Markov. I hope. Listen, if we give him a PTO and he can prove that he still has it, then great. But right. I don't I don't see him being anything other than a bottom pairing power play guy. That's about it for him. Yeah. So okay. doo doo. All right. All right. That's good, guys. All right. That was another edition of Truth or Doo-Doo <laughs> with Lewis Lewington. Who wins? Who wins? Nobody wins. Everybody wins. <laughs> okay, just we get partic- everybody partici- wins. Participation. <laughs> everybody uh, does. Yeah, particip- par- participation medals for everybody. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> that's all we got for this segment. Rick, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Rick, uh, tell us where we can find your stuff. Uh, I'm on YouTube at Talking Habs. So you just look up Talking Habs on YouTube. You're going to find my picture. That's usually the first thing that comes up. And, yeah, that's where I am. And what on about Twitter on Twitter? Too, at, uh, yeah, at, on Twitter at, at Talking Habs, although I think you might be easier to find it at Meathead402001, but that's the, Talking Habs. Okay. <laughs> talking Habs or Meathead401. We'll tweet uh, we'll tweet out the at. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for doing this, Rick. And uh, we're going to talk oh, again. Oh, thank you, guys. So much for having me. Yeah, no yeah, problem. Man, we're going to talk again real soon. Yeah. Take care and Looking enjoy the enjoy the rest of the off season. Yeah, you guys too, and everybody out there listening. See you on what is it? October second. Yeah. Yeah. Arch nemesis. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Take care. What's that fantastic smell? You ask. It's no other than sizzle popcorn. Sizzle Popcorn is now offering delivery of their mouth-watering treats with flavors like cheddar, salt and vinegar, ketchup, and simple but beautiful lightly buttered. They now deliver, yes they do, they can cater birthday parties or even movie nights for the family. Add that extra sizzle to your life and visit shop.sizzlepopcorn.com. All right, and we're back, Mr. Gibbons. Hello, we're back. So before we do anything here, I want to play a little game here. 
And this game is called Which Table Would You Sit At and Why? This is something that's like been going around social media. Okay. So, Gibby, at table number one, you have Flambo the Dog and Yuppie. At table number two, you have Ben Sherratt and Keith Kincaid. At table number three, you got Armia and Lekanen. At table number four, you got Gallagher and Caulfield. Table number five, you got Deneau and Jonathan Drouin. Table number six, you got Tatar. Ta-ta! And Max Domi. Table number seven, you got Victor Mete and Kotka Niemi. Table number eight, Shea Weber and Carey Price. And table number nine, you got Nick Suzuki and Ryan Paling. Table number 10, Jeff Petrie and Paul Byron. Okay, so... Here, I'll let you look at the picture here. Yeah. And you can kind of see. Which table would you sit at and why? So I'd, I'd probably sit at two tables. Uh, no, one table only. No, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> like on a good day. One like, table. One what table. if one of the guys are absent? One table. Uh, I'm gonna sit with. Uh, I'm gonna sit at table number six. Max Domi and Thomas Tatar. Okay. Uh, simply because Max Domi's a he's a flipping beauty. He's a beauty. He's got. Uh, have you seen his flow lately? He's got some good flow going. Thomas Tatar is a beauty as well. I just feel like three beauties at one table. You can't. You can't go wrong. Yeah. My my secondary one would be uh, table number eight, obviously, Price and Weber. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's a popular one, but to tell you the truth, I think that'd be a boring table. No, I don't know. They're not the, they're not the most interesting guys. Yes, they're beauties on, on the ice, but not the most talkative, interesting guys. I would actually go to table number four, Cole Caulfield and Brendan Gallagher. Two another beauties. Good, yeah, another Two beauties. I would sit at that table. I think it would be good. And... If since you got to choose two, I'll choose number nine. Ryan Paling, Nick Suzuki. Yeah, that's another one. The two youngsters. All right, that's a cool little thing. There's a lot of them going around right now. Yeah, now, now let's do our tweets of the week. Yeah, funny actually that you uh, you said that. Um, my tweet of the week. There was a uh, tweet going around from. Oh, it's a tweet. Of course, it's tweet of the week. Yeah, so <laughs> it's uh, from first we feast. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly that is, but basically it's a um, bunch of people in like the celebrity world, like rappers, uh, singers, uh, actors, chefs, whatever, everybody. Oh, so it's the same thing. It's the seat. Same exact same thing. Um, so everybody, like you can see here, everybody's literally all together. And then you see Gordon Ramsay's alone by himself oh, okay. at a table. And Gordon Ramsay actually replied. He's like, is there any reason I'm all alone? I do play well with others. <laughs> so I thought that was a little, that was a little funny one. And uh, it was, it's relatable because that's what's going around with this. Where do we sit? Yeah, th This one I've had in, in, the, in the tuck. Kept it in the tuck in for the tuck? a while. Phil Kessel, okay? There, there's a picture <laughs> of that surface, and it's Phil Kessel's house. Oh, my God. And it's for sale. And he has the loneliest home theater in the world. There's literally just one seat yeah. in front of a screen. And one guy commented, this is ex-Pat Daddy. And <laughs> he's just a genius. He's like, are we all just going to... Like, a lot of people are commenting, like, oh, poor Phil. He's all alone, no friends. And then Pat, ex-Pat Daddy says, are we all just going to pretend that this isn't Phil's masturbation station? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm not sitting at in that chair. I'm not sitting in that chair. I'm, 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 if I'm buying Phil Kessel's house, I'm taking out the, the black light. 
I'm searching that room. See that angle I'm of throwing that, out the chair. angle of that photo. You can't see one side of the. I'm getting couch. rid of the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting rid of everything. Everybody, search up that picture. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And shout out to Expat Daddy for a pretty hilarious uh, tweet. Yeah. Funny. F- fun fact. Uh, the angle of that picture can't see the left side of the 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 little love seat couch thing. Uh, he's got uh, a Costco pack of uh, Kleenex and uh, some Jergens. <laughs> yeah, that's some Jergens. Hit- that's uh, what's hidden. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back again maybe next week or in a couple of weeks with yeah. another podcast. We've got a couple off-season editions that uh, we're going to be breaking down for you. But, uh, Gibby, what, what, do you, what do you got planned? What do I got planned for, what, the next couple yeah, weeks? Next couple weeks, yeah. Football, uh, right? Pay attention gonna to football. I'm going to watch some football. I'm going to watch some football for sure. My Eagles are playing the Titans right now as we speak. My Bills are winning 7 nothing against the Colts. Nobody cares about that. I do. Um... Yeah, honestly, nothing, man. Just relaxing. Some softball, baseball. I got soccer. All right. Some so sports. sports. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be enjoying the pool as much as I can for the rest of the summer. Yeah, I think I'm going to hit up the pool as well. Yeah, you got to enjoy. I mean, summer's short, everybody. So just everybody enjoy their summer. I mean, I know hockey's around the corner. People are getting anxious. Uh, we're going to take it out with uh, the Jackson 5. I'll be there. Just remember, even though we're not potting every week, Send us a message. Yeah, we're still here. We'll always be there. Enjoy.